Today, we're talking about how Logan Paul and KSI tricked you fools, how Sheehan's making sweatshop labor cool by paying some of your favorite influencers to publish propaganda, the Supreme Court actually helped save democracy today, and we've got a criminal cop who blackmailed hacking victims. We're going to talk about all that and so much more on today's brand new Philip DeFranco show, your daily dive into the news, so you hit that like button and let's just jump into it. Starting with, Sheehan is a good company that's never done anything wrong and its workers are the happiest people on the planet. Or rather, that is what a group of influencers who went to the Sheehan factory in China basically said, and uh, the internet's not buying it. Because in case you were unaware, which makes sense, there's a lot going on, Shein is known as one of the worst fast fashion companies in the world, with investigations finding that employees work up to 18-hour days in often unsafe conditions, making as little as $20 a day. And then sometimes those employees working in those ludicrous conditions get fined if they make a mistake. Shein's also been criticized for its negative environmental impacts, like promoting wasteful consumption and leaving a high carbon dioxide trail, though that's kind of small potatoes compared to allegations of forced labor practices. But then you have this group of influencers who visited Shein's factory chalking a lot of that up to just misinformation and rumors. Right. Reclaiming the people here in the U.S. are just getting the wrong story and everything they saw at Shein's just totally hunky-dory. Upon interviewing the workers, a lot of them were really confused and taken back with the child labor questions and the lead in the clothing questions because they basically said, our kids want to be on social media just like y'all. They're not working in factories. When I asked them questions like, what does your work week look like? How many hours do you work? What's your commute? Most of them work like 8 to 6 and their commute is like 10 to 15 minutes just like normal. I was able to interview a woman that worked in the fabric cutting department and you guys know me, she's an investigative journalist, so I asked her all of our questions, and she answered them honestly and authentically. She was very surprised at all of the rumors that have been spread in the U.S. With that last influencer who goes by Danny DMC closing that video, which has since been deleted, by saying, I think my biggest takeaway from this trip is to be an independent thinker, get the facts, and see it with your own two eyes. There's a narrative fed to us in the U.S., and I'm one that always likes to be open-minded and seek the truth, so I'm grateful for that about myself. Right, and with all that, you had a lot of people online going, how the hell are we supposed to believe anything from this influencer trip, which, by the way, was led by Sheehan, which had the pretty obvious intent or hope that you'd be posting glowing reviews. How is that an example of free thinking? With many people calling the trip itself and the content that came out of it propaganda, and even though the influencers reportedly claimed they were not paid to attend the trip or post about what they saw, you have people saying, well, the trip itself is a compensation. Also, regarding what the influencers saw, you had outlets like Elle noting, you know, there are thousands of Sheehan factories in China, and they also use third-party manufacturers. So the conditions the influencers saw may not actually reflect company-wide quality and practices. So we saw tons of people calling out these influencers on social media, writing fan ignorance about this company is not a good look. There's no way that you didn't know that this company is bad. You'd have to be living under a rock. Your job is literally fashion. You're not fooling anyone except the young women you influence who are now reading your comments. It's incredibly irresponsible. As well as, please do better. A brand deal for you does not make this world any better of a place to live in for the rest of the world. Selfishness is the richest excuse. We also saw a different angle to this story with outlets like Mashable, right? and that's because they actually called out Shein for turning to marginalized influencers for this trip. With reportedly, most of the influencers on the trip being people of color, some being plus size with Mashable adding that non-white creators are historically offered fewer opportunities than white creators and make less money when they do get opportunity. That makes an offer from a brand like Shein a very exciting prospect and much harder to turn down. And actually with that, Danny DMC, who has kind of become this main character of the controversy, she posted a now-deleted video where she said that as a plus size creator, she does have fewer opportunities and this was the first company to take her on a brand trip, saying she is often underpaid, but Shein didn't underpay her. Notably explaining all this when she announced she signed a deal with Shein to help them debunk rumors about the brand. So yesterday, she posted a video on Instagram talking about how this trip came to be and then saying the first part I can definitely take accountability for is um, I should have done more research and I think content creators in general we don't do enough research and I think especially plus-size content creators we're just so happy to be included and um, you know see our size and be able to wear their stuff that it just it gets, um, you know, it, it can, 
it can cause issues because you, you're not doing enough brand research. And that's definitely where I can take accountability. I should have done more research. You also had Sheehan responding to the backlash, showing NBC News that a quote is committed to transparency. But yeah, with all of that, what are your thoughts? Let me know in those comments down below. And then I've got a D-bag of the day for you. Or when you get hacked online, if you go to the police, you assume, hey, they're going to help me, not hack me again. But for a number of women in Louisville, Kentucky, they say that's exactly what happened. With a lawsuit alleging that Brian Wilson, a former cop there, used police department resources to harass, hack, stalk, and extort around 20 women for years. Right, so he had allegedly used the police database to find hacking victims, then hack into those online accounts himself and steal their nudes. With him then texting the victims and using the photos as blackmail to extort even more nudes from them. And when this happened to the plaintiff in this suit, who's a teacher, he allegedly threatened to send the photos to her friends, family, principal, school board, and even district superintendent. And so she immediately contacted the sex crime unit for the same police department Wilson allegedly hacked her from. Though of course she didn't know it was him at the time, but despite calling over 10 times, she never got a response. And Wilson actually ended up sending photos to one of her friends, with the whole thing emotionally devastating her and even leading her to contemplate taking her own life. But with this, pretty soon the FBI got on his case. And on top of everything else here, they found dozens of pictures of him exposing his penis while on duty and often in uniform. And so now he's currently serving a 30-month sentence in federal prison after pleading guilty both to stalking women and throwing slushies at people from unmarked police cars. Which I will say, no wonder so many people don't feel safe 30 months for a cop exploiting his position, terrorizing victims who were already victims? And then, people just won't stop throwing stuff at celebrities. That's what tons of people were saying this morning when videos were going viral of Logan Paul and KSI getting pelted by supposed fans with their own drink. <laughs> Y'all, here's the thing. It was fake. So to clarify, uh, not fake in like the, the value of a Logan Paul NFT, but rather uh, the value of Logan Paul in the uh, the WWE. It happened, it was entertaining to watch, but it was pre-planned. Throw your empty, empty bottle at us. Not yet. Not yet. We need to make it look like you guys hate us, all right? Drink bro! With that clip coming from Oslo after they went to Copenhagen, and notably, they just so happen to get pelted right as he's shouting, Drink Prime. Drink Prime! <laughs> and so with a few people that have noticed this as a recording, there have been kind of two different reactions. One being, oh, these marketing geniuses, where so many people and organizations were sharing that video. It's gotten so many millions of views, so much free promo. But on the other hand, you had some saying this further normalizes throwing shit at celebrities, which unfortunately has been a niche vertical of news that has happened over and over. So I guess really the only question is, which camp do you land in here? And then, you know, the summer months are here and that means travel is spiking. With that, did you know that when you're looking for the best rates on flights, hotel rooms, rental cars, things like that, companies may increase prices for returning website visitors, with them hoping that you'll purchase then as a fear of, oh my God, the prices may continue to rise. And sometimes hotels and airlines can offer cheaper tickets to people in their home country. Alternatively, prices spike when interest from the same country increases suddenly. But the sponsor of today's show, NordVPN, or more directly, nordvpn.com slash D, can help. Because Nord encrypts your network and allows you to route through one of their many servers around the globe. You know, primarily we think of VPNs as additional privacy and a security layer, but consider using them to save on your holiday. Simply connect to another region or country server and see what's available and how prices change. You may end up being very surprised to see the difference. And then when you're on your trip and you're on public Wi-Fi, Nord does its main job of keeping your online activity secure wherever you log on. So go see what savings you can find. Start with nordvpn.com slash D to get a huge discount on a two-year plan plus one month free. And the deal at nordvpn.com slash D is only around for a short time and it's risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. And then... I think we can probably... Right? I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to... 
Deed less figure about out it. A, a, yeah. See, as president, I could have deed less. Yeah. Now I can't, you know, but this is yeah, less now, now we have a problem. Isn't that interesting? My man Trump knew he was being recorded and was like, man, the crimes I'm criming that I know that are a crime. Whoo, wild. Right before, we had the transcript regarding Trump mishandling classified documents. With that evidence being recorded when he did an interview in July of 2021 with an author for an upcoming book while two staffers were present. And to expand on that clip from the now-released audio, you had Trump saying he found a senior military official's plan of attack for a foreign country, with it being widely acknowledged that he's talking about former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff General Mark Milley in Iran, because it had previously been reported that Milley had stopped Trump from striking Iran in the last few days of his presidency. And this released audio is especially damning for Trump, because in addition to the clip I already played being clear evidence that contradicts Trump's previous argument that he had declassified all the documents that he took when he left the White House, is that another of Trump's claims is that, hey, I didn't actually even show a document at all. Right, when Brett Baer interviewed and devastated Donald Trump, where among other things, he read the part of the indictment back to Trump and asked why he had the Iran document if he knew he couldn't declassify it, Trump responded. There was no document. That was a massive amount of papers and everything else talking about Iran and other things. And it may have been held up or may not, but that was not a document. I didn't have a document per se. There was nothing to declassify. These were newspaper stories, magazine stories, and articles. But in the audio, which is basically an extended version of exactly what was included in the transcript, it really makes it seem like Trump is talking about a specific document and one that is classified. And what's more, it also confirms that Trump was in fact talking about Milley and the reports that he had prevented Trump from striking Iran. With this other snippet of the recording starting out with a staffer seemingly referring to reports of top generals, including Milley, were worried Trump would attempt a coup after the 2020 election, something Trump has also publicly attacked Milley for, and the staffer appearing to claim that it was actually Trump administration officials that had tried to launch a coup against Trump before he even took office, with Trump responding. Well, with Milley, uh, let me see that. I'll show you an example. He said that I wanted to attack Iran. Isn't it amazing? I have a big pile of papers. This thing just came up. Look. This was him. They presented me this. This is off the record, but they presented me this. This was him. This was the Defense Department and him. Wow. We looked at him. This was him. This wasn't done by me. This was him. Yeah. All sorts of stuff. It's pages long. <laughs> Wait a minute. Let's see here. Yeah. Yeah. I just found, isn't that amazing? This totally wins my case, you know. Except it is like highly confidential, yeah. <laughs> secret. This is secret information. But look, look at this. Right, so when you hear everything, it makes absolutely no sense to say that Trump was talking about newspapers and magazines. Well, despite how absolutely damning this appears, his spokesperson actually claimed the recording, quote, provides context proving once again that President Trump did nothing wrong at all. And instead, just going on to focus on a back and forth that happened where they were talking about Clinton and Anthony Weiner without addressing the actual substance at all. The president is speaking rhetorically and also quite humorously about a very perverted individual, Anthony Wiener, who was deep inside the corrupt Clinton campaign. The media and the Trump haters, once again, were all too willing to take the bait, falling for another Democrat DOJ hoax, hook, line, and sinker. And then, y'all bitches is thirsty. Also, when I say y'all, I mean that in the royal sense, all humanity. Also, to further clarify, I'm not talking about those desperate Tinder messages, though maybe we need to talk about those too. But we'll save that for a different day, because today we gotta talk about how humanity has pumped so much groundwater out of the earth that we have literally changed the planet's tilt. Right? In addition to things like rainfall, rivers, and lakes, we get roughly half our drinking water and a quarter of our irrigation water from underground reservoirs called aquifers, which are estimated to contain over 
over a thousand times more water than all the surface rivers and lakes in the world. But when we take it out of the ground, we slowly shift the distribution of mass on Earth. And as reports have explained, the whole thing is moving like a top. So if you move enough mass from one place to another, the planet will wobble as it spins. And with that, there was actually a study that calculated that between 1993 and 2010, we removed a total of 2,150 gigatons of groundwater. Which to give you some context, and honestly, it still fails, that's enough water to fill 860 million Olympic swimming pools. And all of that shifting the Earth's tilt 31.5 inches eastward. Plus, over the same 17-year time period, researchers found that groundwater pumping caused a quarter inch of global sea level rise. And that's because rivers and other pathways carry all the water into the world's oceans after we consume it. And that's one of the reasons why scientists say that better managing our groundwater consumption can actually help mitigate climate change. And like with a lot of things here, you know, it's connected. In turn, stopping climate change can help mitigate groundwater depletion. Because when you have fewer droughts and more reliable rainfall, it reduces our need to pump water from underground. But one of the challenges here is that aquifers take a long time to refill, and in many parts of the world, they've been sucking theirs dry for decades. Like in California's Central Valley, for example, where growers have been pumping more water than can be naturally replenished for some 60 years now, which forces the wells to drill deeper and deeper. And so the main point of that story is, uh, isn't that fuck? Isn't that weird? Just another way human activities warp on this planet. And feel free to use this information in your uh, next conversation where there's a lull and you're talking to uh, some heathen who doesn't watch the Philip DeFranco show. And then the nine god kings that we call Supreme Court justices woke up today and were like, hey, let's not single-handedly upend American democracy. And well, it seems like, yeah, that should be the default. That should be like, we shouldn't have to applaud for that. But this specific and highly conservative Supreme Court, nothing's guaranteed. And this incredibly consequential and controversial case did not have a unanimous ruling. It was a six to three vote. Because the case in question was called Moore v. Harper. And we actually did a deep dive on it, which I'll link to down below. But to just give you a very top level rundown here, this centers around Republican gerrymandering in North Carolina. With North Carolina Republicans taking the matter to the Supreme Court after multiple congressional maps they drew up were rejected because of gerrymandering. But also, this was not a typical gerrymandering case. The Republicans' argument rested entirely on a totally untested fringe theory touted by Trump and other far-right extremists in their effort to overturn the 2020 election. It's called Independent State Legislature Theory, ISL Theory. But the basis behind this theory is that the Constitution gives state legislatures pretty much the exclusive power to set election rules in congressional maps. But not only is that authority singular, nothing can stop them. There could be no intervention from state courts, governors, or voters. I mean, we're talking about a case where North Carolina Republicans literally argued that legislatures could even violate their own state constitutions, which is why you had experts saying that if the Supreme Court ruled in favor of this theory, it would throw the democratic system into complete chaos, giving state lawmakers unchecked power to gerrymander and pass restrictive voting laws without anything to stand in their way. But luckily, today, the high court rejected ISL theory. Also, as far as the three justices who dissented, I'll give you six guesses as to who voted on it. So I think you're going to get two right out the gate because you got the dirty money sugar babies, Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito. And they were joined by Neil Gorsuch, who's actually their fellow brother and failing to disclose financial ties to wealthy and powerful people with business before the high court. It's strange how that works. And also expect more around the Supreme Court because this is actually their last week of their summer session. And there's a handful of massively consequential cases they'll be deciding on that are going to impact tens of millions of Americans. And that is where your daily dive into the news is going to end. But more news you need to know, I got you covered here or in those links down below. And as always, my name's Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love yo faces and I'll see you right back here tomorrow.